this is the body of Christ for you. Take and eat. This is the blood of Christ. Take and drink. And and there are times, I think, where we think, gosh, that's a gruesome symbol. But again, as we've been talking about, it's gruesome because <laughs> that's the world that, that we live in. Welcome to the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. Today on the podcast, uh, we have our special guest and friend, Dick Nicey, who uh, is a retired professor of Old Testament at Luther Seminary. So thanks again for joining us, Dick. You're welcome. All right. And our question today... Yes, our question today comes uh, directly from a listener, uh, someone that I am personally acquainted with, who um, sent me a text uh, a a couple weeks back and said, Katie, I don't get it. Why is there baby eating in the Bible? (laughs) And I was like, there's baby eating in the Bible? What? (laughs) And so then she pointed me to 2 Kings, um, and sure enough, there is an instance of some ladies eating a baby. And uh, and I was like, well, I I don't know why there's baby eating in the Bible, but I know who I can ask. So here we are <laughs> talking about this very difficult question. Of course, if you have a question that you would like to know, even if it's kind of obscure, like why is there baby eating in the Bible? You can do that on our website. Yeah. Enterthebible.org. There's a form. Fill it out. Let us know. We'd love to answer actual listener questions. So Yes, indeed. And I just want to give a few more details here about <laughs> this particular passage uh, in 2 Kings 6. This is a description of uh, the siege of Samaria. So Samaria was a city, the capital city of the northern kingdom of Israel. And uh, King Ben-Hadad of Aram, which is a neighboring country, uh, brings his whole army against Samaria and lays siege to it. And um, the, the point of a siege, obviously, is to starve the people of the city out. And so that's what happens uh, in Samaria. And so the story is the king of Israel is walking on the city wall uh, one day, and a woman cries out to him, help my lord king. And he says, no, lord, the help. No, let the lord help you. How can I help you from the threshing floor or from the wine press? In other words, I don't have any food either. Uh-huh. But then, uh, then he asks her, what is your complaint? And she says... This woman said to me, give up your son. We will eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son and we will eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Uh, Now, since he was walking on the city wall, the people could see that he had sackcloth in his body underneath. And he said, so may God do to me and more. If the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, stays on his head. Uh, stays on his shoulders uh, today. So this uh, that's another story. But uh, the point is, God does not command baby eating. Oh, this is an important... Thank God. Yes, an important thing. It's not the 11th commandment, thou it's, shalt eat babies. No, it okay. is not. It is, okay. it is a description of ancient warfare uh, when a city is besieged so that the people are starving. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the only instance of that kind of thing uh, in Scripture. Uh, but I just want to be very clear, God does not command it. This is a description of what happens when a city is besieged. And it's a and it's an extreme example, obviously. It's horrifying. It's a horrifying That's a terrible example. story. Yeah, it is a terrible story. I wish they wouldn't have put that one in there. Well, there it is. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's 
like the worst thing that could happen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, you you can hardly I can't think of any worse thing than mm-hmm. cannibalism, and particularly uh, cannibalism of your own children. So yeah. this is this is why the king tears his clothes. It's such a horrible thing that happens there. Well, the whole episode makes you want to vomit. Yes. That may be part of the uh, purpose of the text. Yeah, I think so. Is to uh, uh, say that what's happening here is to this community is the extremities of humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, this is the extremities of the breakdown of the human community. Yeah. We, we see it, too, uh, in the Book of Lamentations, for instance. This is um, um, what a hun- uh, uh, sometime later when, uh, um, when the northern kingdom has fallen and, and Babylon lays siege, lays siege to Jerusalem in the 6th century, and, and Jerusalem eventually falls. But before that, of course, the people are starving, and, and so the Book of Lamentations talks about the same that that they resort, or at least some of them resort to cannibalism, and and it's in the book of Lamentations. It's a it's, as the name would imply, in the context of lament. Right, mm-hmm. this this has happened. You know, whoa, we yeah. we are devastated. Yeah. So it's it's um, it's daughter Zion. Yeah. One of the voices, the voice of Zion, crying out in the middle, and the timeline isn't. I don't think exactly clear whether it's during the Babylonian siege or it's the aftermath aftermath yeah. uh, of the siege. It's not like the walls of Jerusalem fell down and a bunch of people got killed and some got taken into exile and now the whole thing's over. No, that the consequences of that lingering, the famine isn't over instantly uh, or anything like that. So the yeah. Lamentations has a kind of maybe duration period that it reflects, not the moment of captivity or siege. Right, right. Uh, Not only the moment of captivity or siege. Yeah, yeah. So that when Lamentations talks about it in, I think, in two places, it's describing and crying out, how on earth, God, can you so reject your people Mm. that this occurs? Right. That this is occurring. there it is not in any way a judgment on the people. It's more of an indictment of God. Yeah. That's mm. the language, really. Yeah. God, have yeah. you abandoned us so much that we even reached this end point of human collapse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's allowed? Like, you, God doesn't command baby eating, um, thankfully. But that's allowed to kind of blame God for it? To be like... Hey, why did you let this happen? Why have you done this? Like you, you said it, it was goes an indictment beyond, of God. Why have you done yeah. this? Asking for an explanation. Mm-hmm. It it actually says you have abandoned us. Hmm. It it's an indictment of God. It's a bold, bold prayer. Uh, now, when you say something like Jesus on the cross, even the, the leap a little bit, but that's still a clippable lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hmm. Notice the pronoun, my God. Hmm. The speaker is not yet at the point of abandoning God. Still claiming the pronoun, my God. And therefore, God is on the hook even sharper 
because the my alludes to the uh, covenantal relationship. You are my God. We are your people. <laughs> hear, you hear that, God? Do you see? How can your eyes be closed to our plight Yeah. in this covenant relationship of my God, their God, your God? I mean, the yeah. pronouns yeah, yeah, flip yeah. back and forth yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on who the speaker is. If God's speaking, he says, I am your God and you are my people. If the people are speaking, you are my God and we are your people. So yeah. Just keep crisscrossing the pronoun there. So the, this, is, this is the form of prayer for those who, who are not familiar with this. It's a form of prayer called lament. And it's, it's not just in the book of Lamentations. It's also in all over the book of Psalms. It's in the book of Job. It's, uh, it's, it's really all over the Old Testament. And it's this form of prayer that, that is, just as Dick describes, it's this, you know, uh, holding God to God's promises or reminding, you know, we are your people, God. Pay attention, right? Save us. Uh, yeah. It's it's not just whining or complaining. It's uh, it's it's holding on to God and calling on God to 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 fulfill God's promises yeah. uh, in 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 that covenant relationship. Yeah. And it's a very faithful form of prayer. And I think you know, Katie, you were alluding to right. Can we do this? Well, of course we can. Yeah. We have we have the witness in Scripture. I think Jews, uh, uh, traditionally Jews have been a lot better at this than Christians have. Yeah. I think Christians are sometimes pretty uncomfortable yeah. with this form of prayer. But it's, uh, it's acknowledging the darkness of, of, the, of the world and, and calling on God to do something about it. Yeah, it's a disjuncture between what, God's, what, what is God's promise, you are forgiven, yeah. in our experience of all kinds of stuff that doesn't look like forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a disjuncture between the promise and the present reality. Looking with clear-eyed, yeah. clear-eyedness, not looking for a silver lining in mm. this, yeah. but saying, uh, this has to change, yeah. God. Yeah. Not don't, just don't just shift my attitude toward it. Yeah change the situation right, right, right. it's asking for changed conditions rather than changed attitude yeah i uh one of my favorite kind of shorthand ways of, of uh, talking about lament is from my teacher john levinson who's uh who's a, col- yeah. a, yeah. a, a fellow yeah. student of yours at harvard and my teacher he's a jewish scholar and he he says the in in lament the psalmist, the biblical writers, call on God to close the gap between his reputation and his current behavior. Right? Yeah, yeah. Close the gap between who we say you are, who you say you are, and what we're experiencing yeah. right now on the ground. Yeah, and, reputation, I was using the word promise. Exactly. For that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, what God promises in Scripture and, and our, our reality. And, and, of course, the extreme example of that being... You know, uh, lamentations. Eating. Yeah, baby eating. <laughs> Second King six. The, these places where it happens. I want to. I want to um, just mention something that we've talked about before. It was in another podcast, but uh, you you said, Dick, that in uh, you know, in with all the violence depicted, described in the Old Testament, it's describing the the world as it is, right? Yeah. Um, it's not prescribing what the world uh, should be, th- this description of violence. In fact, it says, no, this isn't what it should be. In lament, we say, no, this isn't what it should be. And and in God's promises, God God says, that no, this isn't what it should be either. This is human sin, right? 
so so how do we how does the Bible address that sin? The this this well or the horrors or the it, horrors right? of like, it. It's yeah. not always sin, mm-hmm. right? It's sometimes there's just horrible, awful things. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh, important thing to remember with regard to uh, the Old Testament and the presence or absence of God or the presence or absence of punishment. The language of punishment in some respects is not what Israel fears the most, that God would punish them. The most fearful thing would be that God would turn away Mm. and abandon them. So it doesn't have a very benign image of the human community. Babylonians do what they do. Rich people do what they do. Oppressors do what they do. Feudal landowners do what they do. If God turns away, we're in a horrible shape. Mm. And a a rough image of that is really in the flood story already. Yeah. God, the heavens open up. God just turns away. The world implodes. Hmm. So what is more feared is God would turn away. At least if God's punishing, I may not know why or get it all straight, but God is engaged. Hmm. Turning away, the most fearful thing in the Old Testament is that God would turn his face. Some of the laments are, turn, Lord, show your face. Yeah. It's what's being experienced is the opposite of the benediction. Make, may your face shine upon us. Yeah. While your face is turned away from us, it's collapse. Yeah. And yeah. what does collapse look like? Well, finally, famine to the intensity that we start cannibalism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the, the most acute form of collapse. But the world implodes. If God's firmament, go back to the flood story, if the firmament isn't holding, then it's porous and all these chaotic waters come crashing down. Chaos has rain. It's not withheld. And on a social level, chaos is oppressors, marauders. That's chaos. That's the social form of the creation form of chaos. So the laments call on God to save and perhaps even more so, to pay attention, right? Yeah, pay attention. To remember us. Yeah. Remember, remember yeah, yeah, turn, yeah. Yeah, exactly. turn toward us, Show face us. Face. Yeah, do yeah, not yeah. hide your face exactly. from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and over, do yeah. not hide your face from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, before we started recording, we were talking about, well, you know, what is the modern-day equivalent of baby eating, right? And, yeah. and hopefully... Uh, at least there's I don't... not too much actual eating of babies yes, happening. Not that we know of, at least not that I know of. Um, but but the as in the ancient world, when the world implodes, as you were just talking about, Dick, when when the oppressors do what oppressors do, it is always the most vulnerable who suffer the most, right? And children are the mm-hmm. are the most vulnerable in almost any society, in yeah. in, in, in every society, right? So we get things in our modern world, like not cannibalism, but child sex trafficking, right? right. We get uh, um, just in, in, in war-torn countries, uh, you know, uh, orphans being ex- exploited or children being kidnapped or children being uh, made into child soldiers or, you know, this just, again, not literal cannibalism, but uh, still children... Um, 
suffering the consequences or bearing the 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 suffering uh, that this world um, yeah being the objects of yeah this, being the objects of, of the uh, suffering uh, yeah 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 and I think it you think about it as kind of a tra- trajectory it's it's on the road to right <laughs> it's yeah. of the same order it may not have reached that intensity point right. but it's deathly yeah even if it is not finally death it's yeah. deathly yeah um can you imagine the scars on the kids that have been separated from parents on our southern borders exactly that's another uh, wherever you are politically about immigration still once you put your eyes and focus on that we're on the road to killing kids because their life is not going to be it's going to be huge obstacles to to, to thriving yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no exactly that's that's, a, that's another great example yeah or horrible oh. example yeah. yeah 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 so what so so where do we go we, yeah this well, is pretty well, dismal uh, yeah. so we're well, just one we're of, just one you know the up the creek places a to look is is in this in this passage you see where first of all we're not to go yeah sure. and the hmm. king doesn't lament he's not doing what lamentations does hmm. or the equivalent of a century plus earlier he's not doing that he's got his sackcloth his lament clothes hidden underneath his robes mm-hmm. so he tears his robes oh, he gets a upset but the woman is angry she goes and asks for justice but she's also not addressing god i don't want to put the put the uh woman at the same level as the king right uh but hers is to the king not not to god crying to god to god i don't mean to scold her by that but look at the absence of that look at the hiddenness of god Mm -hmm. that i.e the judgment of god in this situation the king and ten goes after the messenger. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah. Right. Like, Elijah right. So like, that's like it. going after the prophets who right. speak the hard words. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so there's no there's no lament here. Yeah. Of any substance. There's no my God, my God, why have you done this? There's no querying of Elisha of what is God up to here? Yeah. Uh, none of that. It's all kind of fending on their own it's it's a godless world. Yeah. So what do we, I mean, I don't know exactly how to ask this question, but like, what do we do, right? Like, the, this is a, this is a disaster. Well, yeah, the, uh, yes. So in the fullness of time, right? Uh-huh. I, I we would, move to the cross, I think, as Christians, yeah, we move so. to the I cross. I think first, though, the most immediate answer is take off the rose-colored glasses. Mm. But to see it. My occurring. glasses are literally rose-colored. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, tinted. I mean, take off the rose-tinted glasses yeah. to, to, to say this is, we're not, our world's not, uh, our world is in very, on a very slippery slope if it wants to stand in judgment mm. of this chapter, yeah. of, the, of the people in this chapter. Mm. Yeah. We're pretty close, or of lamentations. Right. We're not that far off. We're not that far away. Yeah. And maybe even with lamentations, we might ask about our our world. Are we, in fact, living in exile as well? Hmm. There's a wonderful song that Emmy Lou Harris sings. I don't I know if her. she wrote it. I love her. But it's, doing time, it's time in Babylon. Huh. And huh. so as we rush through all these things and we go down the freeway and we got our cell phones going and we got our Gucci's and Prada and all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> At you least know, my child used... wishes she had her Gucci and Prada. Well, yeah, it all yeah. went from 
Woodstock to yeah, you're, yep. to Parada, yeah. <laughs> you know, from yeah. hippie to yuppie. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the full. And each time the refrain comes back, doing time in Babylon. Huh. So instead of maybe threatening, if we don't stop this, we're going to end up in exile. Hmm. Maybe the song invites us, and I think Lamentations does too. Are we already in exile? Has God abandoned us to our own ways? A couple of weeks ago, uh, we skipped when we were doing the manna and the quails story. We skipped the part that the end, end thing is that a whole number of people died with quail bones stuffed in their mouth. Mm. Their consumption, they died in the middle of their voracious consumptiousness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, are we dying of our choking on our own consumerism? Hmm. I don't know that that question is easily dismissed. Well, no, and then and then you and get another be, example. That would be experiencing exile. Yeah, for sure. And judgment for of sure. God. And and I think of another example of how children are exploited, with particularly related to consumerism, right? The the child labors, yeah, child labors in factories around the world uh, to to provide us with cheap goods. Yeah. But I want to. I want to. Yeah, you want to go in the fullness I, I of do. time. I do. The fullness of nice, time. Just, uh, I want to move to some hope here because this is pretty bleak. I think the road to hope is the, is also to a deeper darkness, and that is. Uh, Don't tell me that. To pick up some of the New Testament language or the way it speaks of the crucifixion, hmm. um, the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and that dwelling was a crucifixion hmm. so that the, these children that are killed in the middle of judgment, uh, that Christ child is the one we killed. Yeah. All four Gospels talk about how we prefer Barabbas, a right. killer. Right. Uh, we prefer Barabbas, and what we say about Jesus is crucify him. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know in modern times we try to make that all just the Romans did that and whatever. But the crowd, one way or another, we're in there. Yeah. We're the Roman. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. can't sociologically get out from under that the humanity called for a crucifixion yeah. of the word become flesh. So that's, that's where I'd say that when you look back at Lamentations, you look back at this story even in Second Kings, uh, or look back in Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28, where threatening famine, uh, famine of the intensity that leads to cannibalism, uh -huh. we're threatening that. All of that ended up being enacted on the crucified one. That's the one who's put to death uh, by the human community. And the... Uh, marvel of the Christian gospel staring right straight at that crucifixion is and I love you mm -hmm. I'm risen mm -hmm. the crucified and dwell on that word for a while the died one rose again not to vengeance but to embrace us the killers mm -hmm. uh, that's the marvel and I think we diminish the gospel by diminishing, staring the crucifixion, right. the famines, the childbirth, the, mm -hmm. the experiencing of the abandonment of God, abandoning 
God's own son on the cross. Right. Yeah. Uh, and letting that one be subject to our vi- violence, be subject to our world. And this, our this, world is pretty ugly. Yeah. So it this, crucifies people. This is where all of that leads to, right? The, yeah. All the the baby eating, the famine, the the warfare, the. Uh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't make a direct line. No, I but know, it, but, but it's, it's but it's that addressing that world. Yeah. Right. That Christ world died that, for the world, a yeah. world that has famine so intense that it leads to cannibalism. That world, Christ died for. And. Rose, rose again. again and and loves and it's hard to live when the resurrection has occurred it's hard to live waiting for our resurrection yeah it is yeah you know yeah. that's that's the tough part of the christian life is to live between it's finished and it's still it's, not done it's still going on yeah. we're still yeah. with yeah. the the meaninglessness the, of all the violence to try to get ourselves in some position of privilege or advantage, all that is needless. Hmm. It's just continuing to do the crucifixion all over again. But the crucifixion is done. Christ is risen. It's just a, it's so waste of time hmm. to try to secure what's been given. Yeah. The, the the phrase I came across the other day, I think it was in Joseph Sittler, or no, it wasn't. It was some other, another piece, said that, that which we so desperately seek has been declared hmm. to us. Hmm. We seek to be the child of God. We seek to earn our salvation. Oh, what a worthless thing. It's already been declared. Well, and, and, and almost kind of on on this theme, it's been declared to us in the sacraments right in the body and blood that we eat and drink of right. of Jesus this is the body of Christ for you take and eat this is the blood of Christ take and drink and and there are times i think where we think gosh that's a gruesome symbol but again as we've been talking about it's gruesome because <laughs> that's the world that that we live in and so we we eat the flesh and we drink the blood of Jesus the child of God the child of God yeah, yeah. and and in the process are are redeemed yeah so God yeah. takes that violence that that implosion of the world into God's self on the right. cross right and redeems yeah. it mm. redeems it and became I, I like, the child became in the child second yeah. kings 26 exactly and then uh, I, I liked what you said just a little while ago Dick that and rose again not to vengeance but to love Mm-hmm. Right. right to to love those who killed him. Even killing me can't separate you from my love. Yes, mm-hmm. amen, amen. Yeah. You you had mentioned John one. I think maybe it would it would be appropriate to end uh, with John one too. Right in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came into being through him. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Yeah. That's the word. Or, or there's this song that Leonard Cohen has and whatever, you know, forget your perfect offerings or your perfect sacrifices. There's a crack in everything. There's a crack. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Ah, uh, beautiful. Well, think of the water of baptism. Think of how water seeps into all the cracks. There you go. There's a sacramental image. It's seeping in the cracks of our lives. Yeah. And honesty about the cracks 
allows even more water to come in. Yeah. Yeah, Instead yeah. of trying to patch them up to yeah. hold off yeah. being a recipient yeah. of God's grace. Being a recipient is so hard when we got so much invested in our competency and our we want vindication instead of being a recipient. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Enter the Bible podcast. And you can get high quality courses, commentaries, resources, videos, reflections, and much more at the newly relaunched Enter the Bible website at enterthebible.org. Thanks for joining us.